Hi with Julian on the Brown Note and still easing my way into 2023 with a few movie reviews and I was so happy to watch Glass Onion after watching Blonde <laughs> three hours of, of abusive torture uh, being in this fluffy light colorful world so um, Rian Johnson's had an interesting run as a, a director um, Looper was the first one that I saw, and that was a great sci-fi film with excellent uh, turns. Well, particularly for Bruce Willis, who was awesome in that. And then it all went to hell in a handbasket with The Last Jedi. Now, I don't. I, I get really annoyed when films I don't like get attacked by the misogyny gang online, um, and also by the comic book gang. They're two of the worst groups of film buffs out there. So I've never understood how his version of the Star Wars story, which built on what happened in the canon story without changing anything in the background, gets so much abuse for trashing the canon when the, last, the, the final of those that trilogy, was it The Rise of Skywalker or whatever it was, the last one was, literally changed everything that happened in the past and they all make excuses for the film that actually changed the whole oh look palpatine's alive they make excuses for the last film saying it's the fault of the middle film no the middle film was just really flat and uninteresting and nothing that happened and it was was really that great it wasn't a very good film but it I thought at least I thought the story was the, what they did with Skywalker was the most interesting thing about it, um, and I didn't think it trashed the past. And I thought that the uh, third film, the Sky the Skywalker one, just like took a blowtorch to the whole mythos of Star Wars. It was like you should have just burned that. It was terrible. Um, but he came roaring back to success with Knives Out, which was the film we didn't know we needed which was a modernist retelling of Agatha Christie, at some point the world's best-selling author of all time, who's kind of posh country house, group of people, murder mystery kind of storylines were dominant for so many years and then kind of fell away. The butler did it, became such a commonly used trope that people steered clear of this Agatha Christie world. But I, it's it's proving it's, it's definitely a time for more Agatha Christie stuff to come. And we've had two people doing it at exactly the same time. Kenneth Branagh, who did a very traditional take on remaking Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile uh, the last 40 years not having impacted the world that he presented that's a political position to take as well uh, and that's also something that could be right for success uh, unfortunately i think success in movies often comes down to whether something's good or bad and murder on the orient express was rubbish i did like death on the nile i thought the second half of that was actually really good so Jury's out <coughs> on that one. It's certainly not been perceived as a success, but I guarantee we'll get at least one more from Branner. Knives Out came along with a completely modernist take on Agatha Christie and was uh, one of the best films that came out that year. Introduced the world to Anna de Armas, uh, sparkling in a lead role that 
didn't use her looks uh, and use her personality and charisma instead and introduce the world to the post James Bond like James like you go you go through being James Bond and the first films that Daniel Craig's done he's now being typecast in another role I'm gonna get his name wrong uh, Benoit Blanc from the southern states notice how that no one is coming and attacking him for his accent as Benoit Blanc um, I'm sure they're waiting to say that he's he's being racist or something um, they're around the corner so anyway Nice Out itself was brilliant and it used the trope of the classic Agatha Christie setup a warring family a murder in a massive mansion and people having reasons and working through who did it fantastic film peerless cast all in the a game obviously this was going to be made into a sequel because of the benoit blanc character being the modern hercule poirot uh, so it was it was inevitable that we were going to get another one they don't look that expensive to make although this one did look a lot more expensive than the first one um, so we're back with Glass Onion, we've got the same guy, Benoit Blanc, who will normally get a mysterious invite to come along to investigate a murder. But in this case we get a murder that is going to happen the night he arrives and everyone arrives on this um, Greek island, which is owned by uh, Elon Musk, in this case uh, Edward Norton who is playing the Elon Musk character and he set up his closest friends to come to the island and witness a fake murder mystery but we're not told it's a fake murder mystery in order to you know have a game for the weekend with his friends he's got a circle of friends they all hang out on speedboats and yachts he's a billionaire they all suckle from his milky titties, as is mentioned, literally mentioned. Uh, this is what they do. And it's a, a very wide-ranging uh, cast, like the first one. That um, The first one had really imaginative casting and brought a lot of people into the fold, like um, Don Johnson. Like It was a really clever casting, and not always people, Anna de Armas, Cecily, that you'd expect. This time around... I kind of expected all of the casting. Um, apart from Jessica Henwick, who I have been a big fan of and raved about her. She's got the looks, the charisma, like Anna de Armas. Uh, and underused, frankly, here. Um, but I raved about her in Underwater, how much more charismatic and interesting she was than Kristen Stewart in that film. And every time I've seen her in a film, the, um, the, the comic one, Love and monsters or whatever she was terrific in that as well british actress star of the future unless she already is a star but she's definitely underused in this company um it's stunning looking like the first 45 minutes of this i was in bliss it looks like a holiday advert so everyone gets their invites to come to this tropical island where there's this one house it relates to Elon Musk, unfortunately kind of relates to Epstein as well. And I won't say much about Epstein because the only video I've ever had taken down off of YouTube was a fairly benign Epstein video, which I got a 90 day strike for. And the whole time I was thinking, 
one, how can I defame a dead person? And two, who's complaining on his behalf? It's spooky, so I'll leave that particular corner of the internet alone. Um, the music and cinematography are lovely here. So we've got the music by Nathan Johnson. Uh, I did look this up before, I think. What films did he do? Well, he did Looper, uh, Nightmare Alley, which is uh, one of my top five films from last year, also with stunning production design. So maybe he's someone uh, from who's going to become bigger and bigger. Uh, and the cinematography, I didn't look just then, even though that's what I was doing, is also it's stunningly shot. Yeah, nothing that interesting outside of his work with um, Rian Johnson. Um, everyone is saying that this film is <laughs> the most true thing I've seen about this film from critics. People that didn't rave about the first one will like this one better, and that is true. And the reason is, is that they didn't have enough taste to like the first one, and it's hard to hear that, but it's true because this is a lesser film. Um, for a start, the cast is excellent, but it's not imaginatively excellent. Everyone in this film I expected to see in it for some reason, like Edward Norton topping, popping up here, and his character's really well done for half the film, and then he just fades. Um, Janelle Monet. Uh, who I gave a good review about in that Civil War film. And she can act. But again, I kind of wasn't surprised to see her turn up here. I definitely wasn't surprised that Kate Hudson turned up or David um, Bautista. The, the, the cast and the actors playing it are kind of obvious for some reason. For a start, the characters they play are the embodiment of the people we all live with every day, the internet famous. We get Elon Musk. We get the Andrew Tate misogyny character. We get the Kardashian-esque um, Kate Hudson character. Everyone in it is someone that we see every day on the internet. And they're not that interesting people to start with. So they're immediately less interesting than the family from Knives Out. Um, so I did find that a little bit more obvious. Um, the other thing is they're the embodiment of the modern era of celebrity yet yeah, it it kind of felt quite dated um it kind of felt like the you know this is from 10 years ago um all these people would have existed then even though they are out there now and if the cast is more ordinary i thought the murder itself um it was more ordinary um i thought the the lead character the edward norton character he's like one of the great modern actors but it's like they stopped writing the character at the halfway stage and said you know he's he's your steve jobs slash elon musk slash a massive points to the kanye west poster on the wall that was genius um they didn't give any of the characters anything more than the people we see in the on the internet every day have in their personalities uh, it was very funny that kate hudson got into trouble by using sweatshop labor to build her sweatpants empire because she thought that sweatshops built 
sweatpants, <laughs> which makes complete sense. I thought it is often hilariously funny, and everyone's good. Everyone, like David Bautista, again, does the comedy superbly, uh, does a little bit of painful dramatic acting. Not painful as in bad, but as in, you know, he just has a little bit more heavy lifting to do. But it's also low stakes. Nothing feels like it matters. Um, and, you know, you don't care so much who did it or what they did. And the reasons why are try it. I mean, there, there actually is a really great twist about a third of the way in where the whole Janelle Monet thing explodes. I love that. That was fantastic. It gave the second act innumerable legs. But after that, we were asked, like, there, that was a big thing to ask the audience to believe. And I did because it brought so much to the story. But then we're immediately asked to believe another of a number of improbable coincidences. Like when she is shot, it was just like, you're just asking us over and over to believe very improbable coincidences are going to happen in this film. And that's not how it works. And I just thought the first film, it built its momentum. And the final quarter was thrilling in Knives Out. And the, um, the main protagonists were coming to a head. Everything felt like it mattered. Uh, and it was terrific. It was, it was thrilling. This one... The best quarter is probably the opening 35 minutes. And then it gradually... Or maybe the bit with Janelle Monet's character, the truth about her coming out was really good as well. But it just had nothing in the tank after that. It just sort of coasted. Coasted on the charisma of the stars. And the, the, the people were internet celebrities, so we all know who they are. And that's a bit backslappy. They weren't interesting versions of these characters. So, um, it was as good as entertainment as you're going to see in the cinema, certainly, but it's not as good as the first film. Um, and whereas that really did build up ahead of steam and momentum towards a thrilling climax, the worst quarter of this film was its last. And I didn't care really about what happened. And I was asked to believe so many very improbable things to get there that I didn't that didn't need to be part of the setup. It's like why why even include that? Um, it's it's almost a bit too smug uh, in that way, and it, it bizarrely doesn't use Daniel Craig enough. He has some great dialogue in this film, like when um, Kate Hudson tries to portray herself as someone who tells it like it is. He just smacks her down with you know just saying whatever dumb thought comes into your head isn't telling being a truth teller it's just saying something really dumb and that applies to you know everyone from trump to well just about anyone online to be honest um they tell it like it is no they just say offensive things it doesn't mean it's like it is it just means you also agree with their offensive position and are happy they said it so uh, it was a bit of a letdown it was a bit of a letdown um it's still ravishing entertainment beautiful to look at cast of very charismatic people that you want to spend time with i just don't feel like it really pushed into the second half of the movie beyond the um, reframing of janelle monet um which was great and i enjoyed that but the whole the whole sort of um 
Agatha Christie murder side of it was really undercooked. I didn't buy a lot of what I was asked to buy and I didn't care as much about the resolution here. So in almost every way, this is a lesser film. The first one earned everything. And this one, I feel like it's taken us on holiday somewhere posh and we owe it money. <laughs> so um, Glass Onion is still terrific entertainment and still must see, but I would give Knives Out nine out of 10 and I will give this just an eight out of 10 for Glass Onion.